anybody have any idea about who or what this is? I don't know. But I'll better never ask to look for a can opener. <laughs> you fight well. In the old style. But you've caused me enough trouble. Now you face... The Shredder. The Shredder? <laughs> uh, maybe all that hardware's for making coleslaw. I guess. Shut up and three bit more popcorn. Shut up and three bit more popcorn. Waka waka, y'all. What is up? Welcome to another episode of Bizarro. Shut up and refill my popcorn. The show where I go back to previous franchises and give my take on which movie I enjoyed, I loved, and what got me into that franchise. I mean, come on, man. That open? If you don't know that open, and you're in your 30s, whoo, pobrecito. I feel bad for you and your mama. <laughs> come on, man. I, I am, I'm 33. I... Got into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the tail end, just about. And even I grew up loving and watching the shows, the movies, the toys. Oh, come on, man. I mean, if you've checked out my Teespring store, you know I already have a design out there in that font. And it's one of my favorite shirts that I have. And, uh where, where to begin? Where to begin on this movie? Now, I wanted to do a watch along, but at the same time, uh, I know nobody wants to sit there and listen to me yap for an hour and a half or whatever. And so, I mean, I did it for the initial Bizarro episode with Batman. Um, this one, I'm just going to shoot from the hip and just talk about this movie that I loved as a kid and it's one of those things you rewatch as an adult and now you have a now you have a little bit more experience in life now you have a little bit understanding of some of the stuff that was said in this movie case in point Jose Canseco bat <laughs> uh Raph when Raph meets uh Casey Jones you know he says that and so as a kid Watching that, you kind of just like, what does that mean? What is that? Or, or you hear it later in life. You're like, oh, I've, I've, that sounds that name sounds familiar. Blah blah blah. Well, when you go back and you rewatch stuff, you understand where you heard it or where that seems familiar. And that has to be it right here because this movie I've seen numerous times growing up. Uh, I probably watched it recently. It's probably been. 10 something years because I remember watching it with my uh, my nieces and my nephew so so yeah I mean uh, I'd much rather have my brother on here so we can bounce off of each other because this was one of the movies we would watch this one and of course part 2 and part 3 <clears throat> which I talk about in a on the regular podcast feed where I go into details on part 3 and why it sucked in my eyes but this one oh visually it's a little bit darker than the second one tone wise and and and, and whatnot but 
I can appreciate that now as a, chi- as, as a child, as an adult. As a child, it was it didn't matter because I was like, okay, cool, they're real, they're fighting, they're you know, oh, they got a rescue splinter, you know, all these, and then you think about just how deep that is. I mean, God, Doug, that's some deep shit. Um, you see the bond, you know, you, 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 I caught myself just feeling more this time around than before and, and just, you know, thinking about, you know, the movie as a story. Now, a lot of stuff was taken from the cartoons, but when you think about it, the story itself, I mean, where else would it be from? From the comic. That finally clicks in your head. I mean, it clicks in my head. It clicked in my head because it finally realized, okay, hey, this story isn't from a TV show where, hey, we're going to fight a warthog and a rhinoceros, you know, a rhino. It was an actual... Now, oh, some of the things, uh, like I pointed out a bit, was that the second movie was a little bit lighter tone and this and that. But then uh, the story itself is definitely cut from the comics. Uh, with some tweaks here and there, and what I've found, you know, Google searching and whatnot, but, like, uh, the headband colors, you know, April being a news anchor, obviously she was wearing a fucking yellow raincoat, um, all that stuff, Cowabunga was taken from the TV show, um, as a kid, we had the VHS tape, now, the VHS tape was released, uh, I want to say, by the same people that did the that VH tape releases of the cartoon series. But, I mean, dude, you know me. Me and research. Bleh. Do your own research on that. But, the, the, I remember popping in the tape and watching that silly com- commercial for Burger King. You know, the kids club. You remember the dude with the goggles and the dude in the wheelchair, and, you know, had the multiracial group of friends and stuff, and they they were initially getting a I was gonna say Happy Meal, a kids meal put together, and then it went go straight into the movie. Now the movie sets up, you know, talking about the foot, but they're not actually talking about the foot, they're just talking about all these string of robberies and this and that. Basically, April gets herself into some bullshit story, and she finds herself, I mean, she finds herself, um, in the first part, she gets attacked by guys who are who are just thieving, they're not foot. I mean, they're foot, but without the get-up. And then Raphael initially helps her, helps her out, but fucking loses one of his weapons. One of his size. And so... He's pissed off, but the rest of the group is happy because, hey, we kicked some ass. We went out there and we, you know, they come back and they're celebrating the order of pizza and get some knowledge from Splinter and this and that. But Ralph is just like, man, fuck this. He's just such a grump and just like, oh, pissed off. And like, he goes in to go watch a movie. Now, how the fuck? <laughs> how the fuck are y'all going to go into a movie theater, see this? Big ass motherfucker, maybe, I mean, big as in wide, but short, five some feet, you know, off the ground, in an overcoat and a fucking, uh, um, what the fucking kind of hats they call them, those fucking, those detective hats, 
and not see like this motherfucker is a weird looking motherfucker. Now obviously he has to disguise him. He can't just go up butt naked, you know, walk around like, yo, what's up? I wanna see critters. But he goes to a movie and then he comes out, still kinda of bummed, but he's like, Man, this movie sucks and uh, meets Casey Jones. Now he doesn't come out and say, Hey, what's going on, boo? He fights these guys, these purse snatchers, and then Casey I guess notices the same crime and comes after him too and he kind of like hey dude your job's done bye adios I'll take care of these fools they run off and next thing you know they have a face to face oh my god Elias Kiotis I think it's his full name will forever be Casey Jones in my eyes I've seen him on Chicago PD I've seen him on other movies other TV shows he makes a return in the third movie but he will forever be he could be 80 years old and be like hey yo it's Casey Jones at a comic con or something like hell yeah I would def- I shake his 80 year old hands you know what I mean um, so that sparks that you know like okay Casey realizes this dude's kind of weird but he's like okay shrugs it off we see him later on um, then April well the weird thing is is when I first saw this movie I thought the chief, the the police captain or whatever, was her boss. Was like her actual fucking boss. But no, he's just he's just a fucking politician that wants to keep this bitch from opening her mouth about police not taking this crime wave seriously. Right, so excuse me, I took a drink. But it's actually the bald dude, Danny's dad. Uh, I forget what the fuck his name is, but. Oh, I'm jumping around here because Danny's a little bitch. Plain and simple. He's a little fucking piece of shit kid who should have got his ass beat growing up. Just saying. You ain't got to abuse your kids, but you got to show them, you know, hey, pow, pow. You know what I mean? When they get to that age. But I ain't go- this ain't a parenting podcast. That's a- go find that. Go Google search that somewhere else. Danny... Who initially becomes part of the, you know, the teenage group that goes and joins the foot. I mean, the foot right now is just recruiting and training these kids. And, you know, cult-like, look, nobody wants you. Your mom, your runaways, blah, blah, blah. I'll take you in. I'll be your father. I'm the shredder. Tatsu will be your mama. You know, and, and trains them and then ultimately gives them the, the, the mark of the clan or the headband. To be the foot. Now, these kids are still going out, robbing, stealing, doing all this other stuff to kind of earn their keep, I guess. And so, Danny, who's just been this little disruptive piece of shit, steals money from April, snitches on where the fucking turtles are at. Like, oh my god, he fucking. And then he, he kind of, he, you would think he redeems himself, and he obviously feels bad for what he did. So he hides out in the sewer. For some reason, he hides out. He knows where the fuck the turtles live. But we'll get to there. Here in the story, we're still initiating, you know, what's going on. April doing the story. Her boss is not the fucking cop dude. The cop dude basically tells her boss, hey, get this bitch off my back. Giving me all this shit. And I'll let... Because his son, Danny, gets arrested. He's a juvie. So he's like, you know what? And I'll wipe the slate clean they don't come out and say it it, 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 you know you watch the movie and you watch certain things and it makes sense and like you know context clues if you will um 
of all this shit. And so, you know, he's like, hey, you rub my back. I'll, don't worry about your kid being arrested. We'll just swipe it under the rug, blah, blah, blah. Well, then April... And obviously the foot know that, I mean, Shredder's watch, Shredder's got all these fucking stolen TVs. He's got cable. So now he's watching on the fucking big screen or whatever, his little monitor station about April still talking about the crime wave and still talking about, hey, this might be something a little bit more. So the silencer, he sends his foot out to go, hey, shut her the fuck up. They attack her in the subway. But Ralph is still kind of pissed that she has his weapon like she you know, he has to get it back you know so he follows her and as he's following her you know he sees she's getting attacked and this all happens in the same night that he's watching the movie i'm assuming i'm, I'm going to be trying to retract my thought but yeah i think this happens the same night or or he's just wearing the same dirty ass clothes so he saves her life but ultimately he doesn't knock all the other motherfuckers out they follow him down the sewer they follow him what to the hideout April wakes up to meet and basically meets the crew she meets Splinter she freaks out of course who's a big ass rat and she meets Mikey Donnie Leo and then Splinter tells her the story tells her what happened like look uh, I was living uh, in the sewer and I came across these baby turtles and we were just chilling next thing you know we came upon some like oozed with some liquid some glowing liquid and as I you know rounded up the turtles and and took them with me I realized they started to grow and they started to speak and I was beginning to I was I'm beginning to become more intelligent and comprehend like it in the cartoons and I think in the comics I'm not sure but the transformation of Splinter was he was his in the movie the master that that owns Splinter in the movie he's been a rat his whole life he wasn't he wasn't a human transformed into a, a rat with rat DNA or whatever like in the cartoons but he was the rat his master he learned ninjutsu from mimicking his which is weird because if you rats I mean have we done some research on that shit like can they mimic like actions of people or whatever they've seen because I don't think no uh, thinking about it, it kind of it's kind of weird like, he would just mimic his master doing fucking jiu-jitsu. And the next thing you know, he's teaching the turtles. So, anyways, we get to the part where they take April home. And she's got to be throwing up by this point. Because she's walking in the fucking sewers, man. There's some shit down there. New York City shit. Literal shit. And she's just strolling with her fucking her sandals and shit. I don't doubt she's got boots on. I don't know. They make their way to the to her place, and then she says the magic word. I've all I got to eat is pizza. These motherfuckers are like, girl, I don't give a fuck how your spot looks. We want some motherfucking pizza. You got some. We want it. Let's go. So they're just hanging out, eating food, drinking. They're having a fucking gay old time, you know. And so they come home. They realize shit went down. Fucking they splinter's gone. They don't know if he's alive or dead or what the fuck's going on. And so they start, they go back to April's all depressed and just like, they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And so, as they kind of recuperate, not recuperate, but like kind of regroup and kind of realize like, you know, what do we do? 
uh, Ralph takes it hard as fuck because he I I guess he knows he's the reason what happened. He led these fools back home and yeah, it's his fault. He takes it really hard. And that's when the fucking snitch does his thing. Shredder talks about these fucking these turtles because the way that the foot described how they fought it 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 triggers it triggers that motherfucker he triggers like man the way you do they described how he their fighting style reminds me of a motherfucker i ended up killing we'll come back to that and so uh he talks about it to this group of minion kids or whatever and then we hear Mr. Sueno I know where the turtles are in Mr. Sueno I saw one on your table bitch ass motherfucking Danny snitches and says they're at my dad's uh, employee's house The this is where she lives somehow these motherfuckers are on the roof they beat the fuck out of Ralph and throw him through the glass now before this goes down Casey Jones is on another fucking uh, rooftop trying to get ESP and radio or some shit and he sees he sees his green friend he sees Ralph you know just kind of like shadow boxing before the foot comes because he's pissed off with himself and I guess he makes his way he figures out which building it is he makes his way over there but by the time he gets there the foot have already thrown Ralph and started they're fighting with the turtles we have that awesome fucking uh, nunchuck showdown which I had heard and I looked it up they actually censored that part out. Anything with the weapons, especially the nunchucks, was censored out of the UK version. Which is like, fuck. All my UK brothers over there didn't get to see this shit back in the day. It's like, fuck. This is like my favorite scene, man. Because, you know, Michelangelo was my dude. Michelangelo was my favorite turtle. Probably, I'm not the only one, you know, who dug him. I mean, he was he was a kid. He was He was a goof. You know, that whole deal. And so, now, more foot motherfuckers come. Tatsu comes. Basically, the house, uh, they, uh, some dude electrocutes. Or start, they start a fire, so they got to escape. Casey Jones helps. And they call him a steroid, a steroided up Wayne Gretzky. That was a funny line. Uh, they, make, they escape her building. She gets fired. She, uh, she doesn't know about it, but... Casey Jones hears the the answer machine that's hanging or whatever, and it's her boss firing her all fucked up because uh, the chief of police guy or whatever was like, you know what, we had a deal, what the fuck, so he has to fire. We go to the farmhouse, April's uh, family's farmhouse, and then we see the turtles kind of dealing with grief in their own way. Donnie uh, and April talks about it. She's like. Uh, they all sort they all deal with what's been going on what happened their own way Um, we see this awesome scene where where we where Splinter talks to Leo like in like ninjutsu Jedi mind trick or whatever and as a kid you're like oh that's that's weird but as an adult it's like damn that's probably some deep you know ninja stuff they go around a campfire and of course Donnie brings a bag of marshmallows and then they see, um, which I mean, as an adult, you you start to realize, damn, this rat really loved these turtles. This rat is like ultimately, you know, their father. 
and these are his kids and it's like it's touching and stuff and they, he basically tells him you know just don't forget about me you've you've you have mastered you know years of training and all this and that and it's touching as hell man I mean hell even the turtles cried um they're finally ready to go back and face the foot and go back and find Splinter. And so when they get back, they realize Danny's been fucking being a little bitch hiding out in their spot. Unless um, he figured out where they live based on, you know, the group of foot soldiers that went. That, oh, I'm trying to sit on this fucking stool. Ow. <laughs> and so he they come up and they see, oh shit, who the fuck's this dude? And April knows who the fuck he is. And they're staying the night there, and Casey is just claustrophobic, or he doesn't want to be underground or whatever. So he sleeps up up on the street level in the truck, and he notices Danny kind of escaping, not escaping, but just kind of sneaking away. So he, you know, he's like, you know what? Okay, cool. Where the fuck's this kid going? So he follows him all the way to the warehouse where all the foot people are at, and ultimately to where Splinter is. And so we're getting to the final final act of the movie and just the fight scenes and, and everything concluding you know Danny Danny in a way kind of mm, I wouldn't say redeem himself I mean all he did was just you know try to, to help Splinter out we see those turtles fight from the sewer level up to the streets I mean you just got that song in your head right I mean I don't want to I don't want to fuck it up I don't want to hum it and just fuck it up but god damn it is an awesome scene we get to that awesome scene on the rooftop where shredder just doo -doo -doo -doo, falls down and it's taken straight out of the comic books um he reveals or they don't he don't reveal shit really he he fights every single one of them tooth and nail they it's like their toughest opponent and right where they're between a rock and a hard place with Leo being uh, uh, de-armed and him telling everybody else hey throw your weapons get rid of them or I'm gonna kill this motherfucker uh, he reveals you know his little scheme like you know what y'all could've just y'all could've gotten taken me up you know y'all could've kicked my ass without this dude now you're all gonna die and then boom Splinter it just makes this dude was like oh Help me off this chain link fence. Uh, oh, now he's climbing the fucking ladders and shit and, and stealing uh, nunchucks off the fucking ladder. Um, he reveals himself to be the rat that... I mean, well, we found out Splinter tells the kid about his history and how his master, uh, for some reason, kept a rat as a pet. Uh, and But anyways, he fought Rokusaki, who was Shredder, and for the love of a woman and she didn't want him to fight for her love they just ended up escaping to America motherfucking Shredder finds him kills he comes home from work I guess he got a construction job he she's dead and Rokusaki's there to kill him which he does and then the rat is freed somehow through the through the, the scuffle and attacks Shredder and scars his face and then fucking Shredder basically you know slices his ear off and then at this moment in the movie we find out you know he 
reveals himself and he's like, I know who you are, Arokosaki. And all these names and shit, you know, like I said, you hear it as a kid and stuff like that. Well, this dude starts charging him out of anger with like, <laughs> with like a, a metal spear and Splinter, all Splinter does is like move off to the side, wraps a nun, uh, nunchuck around it and flips this dude off the edge of the, off the building. And, uh, just as he is about to throw a dagger at Splinter, well, he lets, he lets go of the nunchuck to grab the dagger. Shredder falls to his, at this point in time, his death. But we all know what happens in the, in the next movie. But he falls into the, into the garbage truck and Casey Jones does his oops and turns it on, crushing his, him, quote unquote, himself. But we see that motherfucker return in, in uh, Secret of the Ooze. But that's it, and that's that, y'all. That is my review, I say review, basically rundown of my favorite Ninja Turtle movie in the Ninja Turtle franchise. Now, I want to say the cartoon that came out in like 07 or the CGI one is a sequel, is part four, but they never really come out and say it. And then, of course, you get the, the remake that they did in 2014. And 2017? 16? Whenever the fucking one with uh, the Green Arrow dude as Casey Jones. But, I mean, shit. All those do not hold a candle to my heart like this movie does. I mean, just hearing the sounds and the music and some of the quotable uh, scenes. I mean, I was taken back, bro. I was taken back to that little kid... You know, telling mom and dad, mom, hey, can we have pizza when we watch this? You know, <laughs> sitting in the living room, you know, with his toys, just excited to watch a, a movie that has ultimately been with me and I've shared it with my nieces and nephews and my daughter. And I'm ultimately going to show it to her again to where she can remember it. <laughs> and, and I mean, this was the beginning of my nerdiness, my geekdom, fandom, or what I'm so, I'm fucking that up, guys. I'm so sorry. But this, this was the, I want to say the pinnacle or the, I don't even know what the big word I can put it. This is the beginning because everything that is Ninja Turtles, I was into. Even the shitty one that came out on Fox Kids in 1990, fuck, what, 98, 97? The, the next mutation, even that I was into. And, oh my God, like, I'm, I'm looking at the Google, you Google Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990, and they show, I don't know if y'all follow me on Facebook, I probably didn't show it on Twitter or nothing is when they do like it's this I guess the DVD or the Blu-ray cover and it's the stupid Leonardo from part 3 because it definitely is not the Leonardo from part 1 or 2 which they should have put on these fucking DVDs and even the second I mean because they're going to have a 2, 3 the covers I'm talking about and they're using the part 3 turtle design like oh this is so fucked up but I'm looking at this retarded looking motherfucker <laughs> And it's pissing me off. So I'm going to put on images. I'm going to see what I got here. What do we What do we got? Okay, we got the original cast. as the first picture. And then we have the 
cast from the second movie for some reason. So that's it. Like I said, guys, that's it. That's that. I want to thank you for checking out another Bizarro episode. And if you don't understand what the Bizarro concept is, Google it. Do yourself a favor and get familiar with Bizarro. Uh, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be diving into Superman and his Bizarro version, which is eh, never really was in the movies. I'm not talking about part three where he fights himself, but eh, I don't know. Nonetheless, I don't even know if I'm going to talk about that, but I think the first Superman movie was the first one I saw where I fell in love. But that's it and that's that. This is not going to be a long one. Of course, most of these solo talking episodes, non-watch-along episodes are a little bit shorter. But I just, oh man, this took me back, bro. This took me back. I love this movie so much. I love the characters. I fell in love with pizza because of the turtles and I know I'm not the only motherfucker out there in some way some form you did too so appreciate y'all check me out on the next episode signing off spoony love from up above saying if you ain't laughing you ain't living baby peace yeah.